Welcome to Communion House Podcast with Pastor Moses Anderson, a ministry raised by God for the rebirth of the early church with a strong commitment to seeing others rise and shine in these last days. Join Pastor Moses for today's message. Pretty much picking up where we left off Tuesday last week. Remember Tuesday last week, the subject of our discussion or the teaching was how to prepare for what is ahead, how to prepare for what is ahead. And we got to Ephesians chapter six before we left the broadcast. And in particular, we got to the place where the Bible talks about getting equipped for getting equipped with the armor of God against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of the age. And before we got into the how to prepare, remember that I took us to Zechariah Zechariah chapter 13, and we talked about the reason why we need to prepare. The reason why we need to prepare is that all of what is going on around us are strategically being um, executed so as to bring the believer to a place of purification, to a place wherein some of the things that we have always known and some of the things that we have always held onto that aren't particularly um, helping our equipping as believers, like some beliefs that we have had, which were presented to us as Christian beliefs or presented to us as sound doctrines, which we now know or we're getting to know now are nothing but some cultures of men, some just doctrines of demons, and others just complete um, elements of deception coming from the dragon. And so as we get to see and experience the shakeup that is going on in our world, one of the things that it allows us to do is it gives us an opportunity one quick second. I got something in my eye here. There you go. And so it gives us the opportunity to know that which is of God. You know, the Bible says that every tree that has not been planted by my father will be operated. Jesus himself speaking. And so we should see the times that we are in and more of the shakeup that the Bible promises. You know, the Bible says ahead of the coming of the son of God, ahead of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the earth will shake. Apostle Paul in first Thessalonians chapter five, he describes the events of the last days, events leading to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, that return wherein we get to see him in the blue skies. Okay, because I know lately some people have been saying that we got it all wrong, that the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is not a return um, that everyone's necessarily going to experience at the same time that when he comes to you, because he's standing at the door and knocking when it comes to you, that is him returning to you. No, 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 no. That is yet another doctrine of demons. That is not true. What we do know is the angel said to the apostles on the mount where Jesus was taken up to heaven in Acts chapter one and into chapter two, they did say in Acts chapter one, they did say to the apostles, the same way that you have seen him return, I mean, that I have seen him go, it's the same way that he will return. And how did he go? He was taken up such that all could see him. And the Bible says that when he returns, we all shall behold his appearing in the blue skies. We will see him. And so people have said, but there's a conflict for the Bible says we will see him in the blue skies. But then the Bible also says he will come as a thief in the night. And as you know, at night, the sky is not necessarily blue. And there are different days 
means that I mean, we've got different time zones and all of that good stuff, but let's not get it twisted, okay? When the Bible says he will appear as a thief in the night, that is not for everybody. The thief in the night talks about the sudden, uh, or the sudden appearance, and it's only going to be sudden to those who are without. For those of us who are expectant and who are getting updates constantly by the Holy Spirit and by the angel of the churches, one of the things that we do know that we are promised even in the Bible is that it will not come upon us as a thief in the night. If you're looking for where that is, you go to First Thessalonians chapter five, and you will see where Paul says, "For brethren, I would not have the." day of the Lord come upon you as a thief in the night because you are in the know. You should be in the know. And so when that day of the Lord comes, the coming in the night part is for the people who are not anticipating him, is for the people who have in fact elevated another Messiah unto themselves in their own hearts. Remember when Moses went up the mountain to go and meet with the Lord, and before he returned, what did we see? We saw that the children of Israel had made for themselves another God. They had made for themselves a golden calf. And so what's going on in our world today and part of the machining of the kingdom of darkness is that many people are now choosing their own Messiah. Many people have taken a man and said that is the one that will save us. Many people have taken certain institutions and say they will save us. Many other people have taken their governments or portions of their governments and said they will save us. Now, it's not like people go on their Facebook pages and Instagram feeds and say, oh, these are the people that will save us necessarily. But the kinds of expectations that we have for some people is very much indicative of the kind of hope that we have put into those people, into those agencies, and into those authorities. Okay? And so those are the kinds of attitudes the Bible warns us against. When we have such a hot posture, when the Son of God comes, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, when he returns, those people who have exalted for themselves another God, those who have made for themselves the golden calf of this age, will find that day of the Lord come upon them as a thief in the night. Now, to answer the question of time zones, when he comes, the Bible describes very vividly his appearing in the the skies wherein anyone that beholds would even be able to see the color of the sash that he puts on as he rides that horse to come for us and so here is the deal when he comes with him the bible says there is no variableness there is no darkness no shadow of turning the skies would have to light up as much as they need to light up because of the appearing of the son of man so i'm one of those people who believe when the bible says that all eyes will see him we would all see him we would all believe and we would all see him we would all behold him when he comes isn't that exciting it is exciting indeed and i'm glad that you know when we take a look at the way apostle paul describes the coming he said all that beautiful thing that i just described right now the coming in the blue skies the lighting up of the skies the fact that you as the believer will not be shocked you know you're not going to be taken on aware something within you is counting down you may not know it consciously but because the bible says that eternity is in your heart and that you have an unction from the holy one and you know all things even though you do not know it in your consciousness even though you do not know the day nor the hour but the bible says that you will know your season 
Okay, so let me just say that again because some of the palpitations, some of the agitations that we're experiencing in our hearts, if we don't know exactly what is going on in our internal chemistry, we will not be able to separate or or decipher the genuine excitement of knowing the times that we're in as opposed to the anxieties of the times that we're in. You know, there are anxieties in the times that we're in because of all the changes and all the shakeup that is coming. But you as a believer, you should say no to anxiety, but say yes to the excitement and the joy of knowing that our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Again, some people say, but we have already been saved. Yes, but the end of our salvation has a name. It is called redemption. So even though we have been saved, we have been bought with a price. We are kind of like a layaway. Jesus is coming to redeem that which he has paid for. And so the writer of that verse of scripture that says that our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed is actually talking about our redemption because our salvation is not just in the payment for the is not is not the payment of the penalty that we were supposed to um, face. It's not the settlement of the penalty that we are supposed to face just, but it also includes our redemption as those that the Lord Jesus has paid for. And so what we really mean when we say that our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed is that our redemption is nearer now than when we first believed. And I'm excited and it is with great delight that I get to mention these things to you as part of the gospel of remembrance because sometimes you do not have that many avenues in the world today talking about his coming coming talking about the second coming in the light in such a light that i am saying to you because i am saying it to let you know that it's a thing of joy but let's go back to what i started with in this little charge I started with the fact that Apostle Paul described this as tumultuous times, perilous times, and a time that can be likened to the birth pains or birth pangs of a woman, likening it to all of those things that the earth itself will, will be shaken because it's travailing, ready to give birth. And so when you look at the times that we're in and all that shakeup, it is not just a shakeup for fun. It is a shakeup to birth to deliver something good, something wonderful. And that something good and something wonderful is our redemption. And that is the reason why we need to be aware of why all of these things are happening. They are happening for our sakes, okay? But now that we have settled the uh, matter of why they are happening and also gone extensively last week into the reason why the Lord is preparing for us the remnants to go through the fire so that we can be purified is because of the fact that Jesus is coming for a church without blemish. And so whatever thing that is not meant to be a part of our hearts, a part of our communities, a part of our gatherings, they will be burned by fire. And so we don't have to make that fire necessarily because we are not the we are not the potters. God himself is the potter and we are the clay. The potter makes the fire. And so when things are happening around us that make us feel uncomfortable, rather than for us to try to jump out of the fire, we should let our hearts be repositioned to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying about the experiences of today so that we do not 
take ourselves away from the pruning and from the purification that the Lord himself is doing in these last days. Now, someone is like, okay, maybe you need to give me an example of the kind of purification that is going on. One of the examples that readily comes to mind of the purification that is going on is that in our world today, we are beginning to recognize certain kinds of gospels that have not done us believers any good in preparing us for the coming of the Lord Jesus. Things that have not done us much good in preparing us for all the changes that we're seeing in the world today. Because if we all have adequately been taught and if we all have adequately continued in the doctrine of the apostles, which were doctrines of the kingdom, teaching the matters of righteousness, peace and joy, and above all, teaching the uniqueness of the relationship or the uniqueness of our privilege, which is the relationship with the Holy Spirit, then in today's times, we will have less believers who are so traumatized by the happenings in this world. We will have less believers who are so fearful of tomorrow. We will have less believers who are aggressively looking for peace where there is none, who believe every wind of doctrine that come. And so that's one of the reasons why I am saying there is a shakeup here that is allowing us to be severed from pillars that we have been holding on to that are not the pillars and the ground of truth. And when you take it a step further, and maybe if I should say this, or maybe I should say it this way. If you remember when I was teaching on the white horse of the apocalypse, how the white horse of the apocalypse comes to conquer and conquering, and that was followed by the red horse that came with a sword and started to actually pitch people against one another, causing men to fight and to devour one another. When you look at those things, what do you see today? We see that the spirit of the white horse, or we see the effect of the, of the work of the white horse, which is a horse that just wants to conquer. And when you look at a lot of debates and arguments we have today, remember the days when political arguments can happen without anyone particularly feeling the need to overpower and to overcome the other. But these days, almost every argument is taking place wherein everybody wants to conquer. Everybody wants to win. Their opinion has to reign. And now we're seeing that as uh, what we have seen is such an attitude or such a fruit or manifestation of the white horse is now making the way for the red horse, which is the reason why many people now are jabbing each other with the sword of their mouth, with the sword of their words, always on the offensive, always on the attack. And these days, even if you try to correct someone in love, they pick at everything that they can pick at to come back at you with their own version of some kind of attack, even when you're not attacking them. And that's because in reality, one of the things that we are seeing in the world today is a shift from go, going from wanting to win to now saying, you know what, it's either if I don't win, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna shut this thing down. I'm just gonna, you know, mess this thing up. And so when we see those things, the effect they have is they're letting us see an image of the believer that is not the true image of the believer. The believer is meant to be a peacemaker. The believer is meant to speak the truth in love. The believer is meant to speak not as the world speaks, but to speak as he hears of the Holy Spirit. 
The Bible lets us know that the ones who came before us, the ones who were the apostles and, and the ones that we read about in the book of Acts, they spoke as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. They weren't speaking out of their emotions. They weren't speaking out of pride. They weren't speaking out of any kind of misinformation by the culture of this current age, but they spoke as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Now, if as these things continue to go, what we would see is more and more of a separation of the wheat from the tears. We begin to see more vividly the ones that the devil has inseminated into the church, some of them behind pulpits, teaching doctrines that are not edifying, doctrines that are not what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches because Jesus let us know that by their fruits we shall know them. And so as the shakeup is going on, we're beginning to see more the shape and the size and the nature and the texture of the fruits that people bear so that we are not deceived so that also we are without excuse and so the sake of that is going on in the world today is for our sakes and the only way we're going to appreciate it and go with the plan and allow this perfect work to be done in us is if genuinely and truly we recognize that it is the lord's doing so that we can say that it is marvelous in our sight now somebody says wait a minute brother moses are you seeing that the lord is the one that is doing these things well god almighty has all is all knowing and is all powerful the bible says that glory oh holy 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 lord god almighty who was who is and is to come you are worthy to receive all the glory all the honor and all the power for you have created all things for your pleasure they are and were created nothing happens without the word of god that is the reason why you see that even the horsemen of the apocalypse they were unveiled in the presence of god when you're talking about the seals that are bringing the plagues upon the earth they were unveiled in the presence of god when you see the angels that are bringing destruction upon the earth they they are coming by the instruction of the almighty god because all of these agencies have been prepared the way to look at the happenings of these times correctly without misjudging and without without being blind to the love of the father is to look at exactly what happened in the life of job and you look at what was going on god was not the one that killed the children of job he was not the one that afflicted his body with boils he was not the one who did all of that he was not the one who brought confusion to the camp of job and his friends it was satan who was doing it but at the end of the day, when we see the outcome of Job's life, what we realize was God allowed for those things to happen to create a capacity in the life of Job to be twice as blessed as he initially was. Job is a type of the church, is an example of the body of Christ today. Wherein God wants to give us twice as much as we had, it is called the latter and the former reign. The reason why we would experience more trouble than the ones before us is because we are the ones positioned by God for double. And that is again, the latter glory and the former glory being brought together. 
And when we are being positioned to receive the latter and the former glory, we need to know that the capacity has to be made for we are like wells. Jesus says out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water. Job had a revelation that God sees us as wells. And so if you are a well, the way you increase the capacity of a well is not by building a wall around it, is not by building a fancy edge around it. The way you increase the capacity of a well is by digging out dirt from within the well taken out from the bowels of the well to create capacity and God allowed for Satan who said he was not doing much God said to him Satan what have you been up to he said nothing much really I've just been going up and down I've been going to and fro upon the earth and God was like well if you're that idol, I've got an assignment for you. And see, and he was the one who did the dirty job, who did the digging. If anybody had gone in the realm of the spirit and saw the devil digging out Job's life by taking out of him, that person would have said, oh, look at what Satan is doing. But if you had been part of the conversation in heaven, or not, not in heaven, in the place where it happened, because the Bible didn't really disclose where the meeting was happening. The Bible just says God had a meeting of his sons, and then Lucifer was present, okay? So when when you go and uh, if you are privileged to that conversation, one of the things that you would realize was that, wait a minute, God must have had something in mind to have allowed this Satan to go and do what he's doing to take away from the life of Job. So the body of Christ today, the things that are happening in the world may be directly happening through the hand of Satan and his prophets and teachers. Because the Bible says that power was given to the dragon to deceive the nations through the agencies of his false prophets and teachers. Some of them disguising themselves as the devil himself who would disguise himself as an angel of light. Now, they may be the ones perpetrating the, uh, the acts. Satan has found its way into the hearts of certain men in the form of greed. And these men, no matter how many billions they have, they want to have more. If it means taking control of other people's lives, if it means paying for lies to be told to people, they would. Now, do we say that they are evil? Not necessarily. They are men made in the image and in the likeness of God, but they are acting under the influence of evil, just as you and I act under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, so I say all of that to let us know because lately I've had my ears full with all kinds of questions that believers I have asking. I mean, they make me glad. They make me excited. At least if anything at all, God has our attention. I've had people ask me more questions about the Bible and the things of God this year, this last couple of months, more than I would say all my life put together, simply because now we have a need, a genuine need to know what is the mind of the father concerning all of these things. Alrighty. So again, folks, as you know, this is prophetic teaching Tuesday. We may now call it house to house live, but there are still, but the theme of it is still essentially having prophetically delivered to us what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. Now, those questions and some of the answers that I provided, one things that I planned on saying today, but then at the end of the day, what is my plan in the face of the counsel of the almighty God? And so if the Lord would move me in that direction, I believe that he is doing so for my sake. And I hear this right now in my spirit. And that is to rebuke the spirit of confusion. The spirit of confusion. It is one of the operations of the spirits of the ages, wherein the minds of people are just confused. The enemy is blowing smoke. And so if you have encountered anybody lately, 
who may have sounded confused, even believers that you once knew to be quite grounded in the things of God or comfortable, at least in the doctrines that they live and practice. But lately, you know that they sound confused and not sure anymore. It might even be you that is confused about certain things. I want to pray with you today. As the Lord is raising me here and granting me the auction to speak against the spirit of confusion, I say in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you because a false witness is an abomination, but the one who hears will speak expressly. And so, Lord, as I have heard, I speak today to the hearts of my brothers and sisters. I speak to the hearts of your children, even the ones that are the members of your body, that any form of confusion, any smoke or wind of confusion that has been arrayed against them in their thinking, stopping them from meditating on your word, stopping them from hearing clearly what your Holy Spirit is saying, that could even stop them from executing effectively in obedience what you have said. I speak to such wings right now to seize over the lives of your children. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, and I declare that that, eh, that, eh, that wall of protection that you have around us will be in full effect around our hearts because you are the one who encamps around us as mountains encamp around Jerusalem. Father, with Jesus' name, I thank you because the confusions that have gone into the hearts of those who love you, of those who are named by your name, ceases this moment in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the ones who are hearing me today and the ones that will hear this prayer. Lord, they will enjoy the outcome of this word of authority that you have inspired here today to put an end to confusion in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Folks, I would love to hear from you if you are one of those people who have experienced, you know, some degree of confusion lately, especially when it goes to, when it, when it comes to understanding what is really going on and it's not lack of study and it may not even be lack of attention, but there's just been an opposition to you getting the understanding that is due. I want to hear from you because I believe that after that prayer, things have shifted in your favor. I believe that after that prayer, your heart is now enjoying the calm upon the waters with which once again, you would hear and continue on your journey to the other side. Every storm that has come to terrify you is an illusion to bring fear into your heart, to threaten the position of faith. And I say to you now in the mighty name of Jesus, peace, be still, be at peace and be still so that you may see the salvation of the Lord. Because I tell you what, we are living in those times wherein there is no degree of power that we can muster within us that is capable of getting us through this stormy weather that we're in. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. How am I so confident? Jesus said it. He said, of yourselves, you can do nothing. And after the apostles received the Holy Spirit, the world came against them. In Acts chapter 4, they experienced so much opposition that they went back and said, Holy Spirit, stretch forth your hand. Do something. We need you. We need you to move. And when the Holy Spirit came and filled them once again, they had a great breakthrough. One of the things that is ahead of the body of Christ, just as we're emerging from this season into the next, is that Gentiles will come to the brightness of our Gentiles will come to our light and kings to the brightness of our shining. Those people who have called us names will come once 
once again and by our example they will call on the name of the lord those people who have said that we are up to no good they will come and they will experience the good that we're doing by the power of the holy spirit i tell you something jesus the bible says was made unattractive the old king james word that you may be familiar with was that he was made uncomely and so i tell you what the reason why he was made poor was so that you can be rich the reason why he was made unattractive was so that you can be attractive so that you can attract others so when they come to you because they see your light they will then hear your testimony and when they hear your testimony then you get an opportunity to introduce them to the blood so that they also can overcome as you have overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the words of your testimony we are in for some interesting times in the body of christ now i tell you what these times are not going to go without persecution they will but in fact we know that the persecution and all the oppression and all the opposition that we are experiencing will only be as fire to purify us not to consume us because the only kind of fire that can consume us is the all-consuming fire and he allowed himself to take our place so that we are not consumed the bible puts it this way in one of the prophecies of david he had a revelation that wait a minute all the trouble that Jacob went through, he went through so that he can emerge as Israel. So this is what David says. He says, I am Jacob, the generation of those who seek the Lord. I shall not be consumed. He says, I am Jacob, the generation of those who seek the Lord. I shall not be consumed. The body of Christ today is in the same position wherein we would have to say that we are Jacob. Jacob had many troubles, but all of that was so that the prince that was in him will emerge and so we're going through many troubles so that we can emerge as that bride that is ready without any stain without any blemish ready for the master's use coming forth and shining with the true color of the glory of god i tell you what we're going to be shining with the true um a reflection of the glory of god we have very great and interesting times ahead of us no so i would still want us to by the grace of god get to ephesians chapter 6 today but before we do that there is one more prayer point that i would want to say the world will attempt to deprive us of things but this is our opportunity to once again know the jehovah el shaddai the world would try to deprive us of things, but this is the time for us to know God as the big-breasted God. What That is what El Shaddai literally means. And so that once again, as dear children, we will remove ourselves from the tables of men where some of us have been feeding on crumbs and once again latch onto the heart of God and drink the sincere milk and desire the sincere meat of the word once again we will go back to the word every word that proceeds from the mouth of god that truly satisfies our soul that genuinely equips our minds and that deeply strengthens us from the inside out and so folks no matter what it is that comes in the next season i know that some places in europe right now meetings churches are not even allowed to sing anymore when they when they come together such deprivation of being able to do things in public places or with buildings that are owned by agencies of the system is not necessary it, it does not spell the end of our faith it doesn't mark the doom of our christian beliefs and practices if anything at all it is an indication for 
for us to reset our sail and to re and to reposition and to re-strategize and ultimately be prepared to experience the house to house revival. Revival, folks, is breaking up in the homes we may be more in the homes now than we are in the stadia where we have been meeting but it is not a disadvantage if anything at all it allows for us to experience the former rain because in the former rain in the rain that came upon the apostles they experienced it in homes the first time they experienced the baptism or the the infilling of the power of the holy spirit it was in in a house and then the second time they experienced it it was also in a house and then after that such revival broke loose in houses even in the house of cornelius so i tell you what as it was in the beginning so shall it be in the end and that is the reason why god has raised us up at communion house to continue to encourage you to make sure that you recognize that the ark of the covenant is in your home that the presence of god is in your home wherever two or three of you are gathered together in his name there it is fathers need to begin to preach mothers need to begin to encourage to to exhort to raise up and i tell you what we need to begin to do that in our homes and if you're saying well my mother and father they live far away i live by myself then god is letting you know that it's your turn to go invite somebody and say do you want to come around and let us just have a time of praying together and a time of fellowship let us begin to make this these things the practices of our day-to-day -day lives because it is by so doing that we will experience that great revival remember hebrews 10 25 it says do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves as the manner or custom of some will become and the reason why the bible says as you see the day approaching to do that is because the day approaches and it approaches with power because the bible says that in the day of the lord there will be power and there will be liberty and so ladies and gentlemen the day of his power is a day that comes to set us free but how do we prepare for that we prepare for that by looking at the ancient landmarks and looking at the strategies for power that we have seen in the word of god and be prepared once again to make room in our homes for that power of God to come in to institute that revival that will mark the wrapping up of this agenda for the church here on the earth. God is good. Alrighty, without much ado, let us go to that Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. I would actually start us today, I believe, reading from verse 7. Um, we're just going to go through it because some of that we already went through last week, I believe, and if we haven't, we will go through it now. The book of Ephesians is right after the book of Galatians, I believe. There you go. Galatians, then Ephesians. Now, Ephesians, someone says, well, that is very helpful. I don't even know where Galatians is. Well, anyway, I was just trying to help. Maybe you should Google it. <laughs> God is good. Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to read from verse 7, and it says, with goodwill, well, actually, let's read from verse 5. The Bible says, Burn servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service, as men please us, but as burnt servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With goodwill, doing service as to the Lord, and not unto men. The reason why I want to read this very quickly is this. There is a call that is being issued to the body of Christ right now. There is a call 
for us to come together and be the Obed-Edoms of our homes. Obed-Edom was that guy in whose house the Ark of the Covenant was. And after having looked into his name a bit more closely, what do we find? We find that the name Obed-Edom means the one who is the servant of man or the one who serves man. And so we've talked about that quite extensively, that a lot of us were raised in a spectator, in a spectator culture, wherein we'll go to church to watch what others are doing. We'll go to our gatherings to be entertained or to be amused by what others are doing. And just being lost in the crowd has not really afforded some of us the opportunity to actually serve other people. And this call is to go back home into the small gatherings wherein your gift cannot be hidden wherein you'll have an opportunity to speak a word of encouragement, to lay your hands on someone and pray, to see your spiritual gifts being developed. Now, when you begin to do that, one of the things that the Lord would have you be warned against or be mindful of is the accolades in your home might not be the kind of celebrity-like accolades that you are familiar with. I know there are certain people who have had a taste of the limelight, who have had a taste of being popular on social media and being broadcast on television, who are now struggling to serve in a smaller meeting or in a smaller group or to even serve in their own homes. So rather than these ministers or these so-called uh, leaders in the body, bringing their own family together to teach them the word, to lay hands on them, to pray them, to see other people rise, they are busy mourning the opportunities that they once had that they don't have anymore. I tell you what, this is the key to shaking off that beast into the fire, to recognize that whatsoever it is you're doing, you're doing it as unto the Lord, not for eye service, not as men pleasers, but someone who genuinely knows that even if there is only one other person that you're preaching to, one other person that you're speaking the word of God to, that one is enough. The people that organized crusades and performed many miracles, they came to Jesus and Jesus says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I do not know you. And they're like, oh Jesus, are you kidding? We were the ones who did miracles in your name. And Jesus says, still depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And then he said to the ones who, he said to the other group of people, he says, you come into the rest of your father, of your master. For when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. And when I was thirsty, you gave me water to drink. And they were like, uh, we don't recall when we did any of that, Lord. And he said to them, whatsoever you do to the least of the brethren, you do also to me. So once again, let us celebrate the ministry to the one. Let us celebrate the opportunity to go and search of the one. Whatsoever you do to that one child in your home that you are bringing the word of God to, whatsoever you do when you have your friends come around and you pick up the guitar and you lead them in worship, it may not be 10,000 people, but I'm telling you it is still worthy of the anointing and the grace of God that is upon your life. So once again, as we are seeing the need to rise and do more of those things in the closets, in the, in the homes, in the hidden places, in the secret places, let us still do it with all of our hearts as unto the Lord. Take a look at me and my wife. These broadcasts are done right here in our living room. What you're looking at back there is the stone to our fireplace. That couch behind me is our family room couch. This chair that is sticking out on this side is actually to the breakfast area. We are in the comfort of our own homes. But my wife would not let me come down and sit before this camera without a washed and well-pressed shirt. I dress for this broadcast sometimes as though I am going to church. I wear my Sunday best. <laughs> 
to come here simply because we need to do it all as unto the Lord. When I am preparing, I prepare as though I'm going to speak to a crowd of five million. When I am preparing, I prepare, I make sure that my heart is positioned to be a blessing. It doesn't matter how many people watch online or how many people watch later. As long as God gives me the audience of another person, I know for sure that the will of my father is being done and he is being glorified. What things we know of is that the Bible says that I just throw parties in heaven when one's soul is saved because God puts that much premium on the one. So let us divorce ourselves from the standards of the world that that teaches us to do things for show, to do things for likes, to do things for attention, and once again call ourselves back to the order of the kingdom and do things once again to the glory of God. Let's do things once again as unto the Lord. Alrighty, God is good. Now we're just going to go from here and pick up where we left off, which is verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 6. The Bible says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and against the rulers of the darkness of what? Of this age. The rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And you know, last week I talked about the fact that some of the strategies that we evoked uh, 20, 30 years ago for soul winning and evangelism may not work as effectively today as they did back then. Some of the prayers of intercession that we said back then may not be as effective today as they were simply because the kingdom of darkness has had a change of God. The kingdom of darkness have had a change of strategy. They're now operating under a different strategy that is called the power of deception. You see what I mean? It is not just ordinary temptation. It is called the power of deception. It is not just the dragon spewing water. It is now the beast from the abyss. And the beast, the beast from the abyss is, um, is, I, one of these days, in fact, I was thinking about doing that today, but I think because of time, we may not be able to get into it, but hopefully one of these days I'll be able to get into, there's an image that is forming in my heart, something that the Lord is showing to me in the book of Revelation from the horsemen of the, apoc uh, from the, horsemen of the apocalypse to the seals, to the vials and to the bowls. There is a picture that has been painted here for us of the kind of opposition that we're going to face. And we need to be accustomed to it because those things I am beginning to see the face of the beast in the conversations that I'm having with people, in the opposition that is coming to those who have been taken advantage of by the devil, who are becoming instruments of distraction and ultimately destruction in the hands of the enemy. Today, they might just look like agents of opposition, but the enemy is prepping them to be even worse. The persecution that you and I will experience as witnesses will come mostly through men who are under the influences of the principalities of the air, of, this, of these rulers of the air, the rulers of the darkness of this particular age. And so, Hopefully, I'll get a chance to describe to us a little bit more what these, what this age or what this new age opposition looks like. You see, I chose my words very carefully there. This new age opposition, what it looks like. But the object of today's teaching from what we had promised or what we had discussed was that I want to really tell us a little bit more about how to prepare. And so now the first way, after having understood the reason why we are here, which is the wisdom for the battle, the understanding for the battle is to recognize who you are dealing with. 
okay, who you are dealing with. You see, simply because if I don't know that my nation is at war with a particular nation, and I just suddenly see that things are exploding around me, I may think that I'm having gas leaks. I may think that maybe natural gases from inside the earth are exploding at random. I may start to do some very some very um, intense investigation in house to see where the explosions are coming from. But if I already know that I'm at war, and I notice that things are not going as I want them to go in my nation, what do I do? I look at the opposition. They become suspect. That okay? So if you are my enemy, so let's say, for example, the, the United States of America is at war with, uh, let's find an example that is not going to offend too many people. Let's say the United States of America is at war with Trinidad and Tobago, right? And the reason why I chose that example is because that is one of those countries who's managed to keep themselves out of a lot of these international conflicts. So you find it very difficult to find an example of, of something that has happened that makes my example a bad example, okay? So let's say the, war, the, uh, the United States of America is at war against TNT. And TNT is very advanced in technology. And suddenly we notice that our emails are not working as well in the United States. Our internet is being attacked. Our power stations are being shut down. And we know that this looks like, you know, um, you know um, cyber um, mishaps. What do we do? We go to the same people that we know have been threatening us. We, we go to TNT and we tell them that we, we suspect you as being behind these actions. You know that our invest, investigations and effort at securing our borders will be more effective when we know exactly whose hand we need to shorten when it comes to the attacks on us. So from that example, as mundane and as simple as it is, it is very much the kind of example, it is very much um the the way we need to attack or approach spiritual warfare look at what the bible says here in ephesians chapter 6 the bible did not just say well guys just so you know we wrestle and this is how we wrestle because we wrestle we put on the whole armor of god no the bible started by saying who we wrestle against and the bible says let's get it straight we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers your neighbor, who is a Democrat, while you are a Republican, is not the enemy. He is flesh and blood. You see what I mean? So when we start to look at it from the perspective of the word of God, once again, we receive the equipment, the release, and the liberty with which to love and celebrate and encourage and be useful to one another once again, as opposed to constituting instruments of sadness and, and, and agents of darkness in each other's lives. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That politician that you believe lies through his lies at every opportunity that he gets every time you see him come on television you're like why aren't his pants on fire he lies all the time she lies all the time now that particular person is flesh and blood they are not the opposition the real opposition are the spirits that are behind them when i come and i do good in your life you don't give glory to me. I am not the one who does good. Jesus says none of us human beings are good. He says only the Father is good. And so if you see anything good coming out of me, give glory to God. Matthew 5, 16, Jesus says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So if I cannot accept glory for doing good, why should my neighbor suffer glory for not doing good? At least by my own standards. 
it is very clear, folks, our focus and attention should be on the people whom the Bible says or the people that the Bible calls the adversary. He said to Peter, your adversary, the devil. You see, he made it very clear. He said to his disciples that Satan is the adversary. And so the, an apostle Paul here in his letter to the Ephesians, he was like, stop beating one another. You know, it was the same Paul, I believe, who said, let us not bite one another. He said, because if we keep biting one another, we will be consumed one of another. And so basically what the enemy wants to do is the enemy wants to use us to fight each other to the ground so that he can have it easier. And we cannot make the devil's work easier by falling for his, for his, for his, for his whims and caprices, for his strategy. The Bible says that we are not to be ignorant of the devices of the crafty. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this age. What we are wrestling against are the ideologies the doctrines, the opinions, the, the, the negativity. And when I say negativity, you, I don't want you thinking of people that you know who are negative half the time, but I want you to think about the fact that the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal. They are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down, not of one another, but the pulling down of the stronghold of the enemy and casting down every imagination and high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. And so that person that is saying the things that are contrary to the word of God, that person that is advocating for policies in government that are in complete opposition to the word of God is not the evil person they have just become a medium for false imaginations that are against the word of God to come into existence and so here is the deal when we recognize who the enemy is we will spend less energy carrying out remedial actions that will be nothing but futile we will begin to approach things from the realm of the spirit and so a practical response to that person who believes in things that you know clearly are anti the word of God. What do you do? Rather than take your Bible and try to bash them in the head, go into your closet and speak against that spirit of falsehood. Speak against that spirit of confusion, just like I did a minute ago. Speak against the spirit that may have them in, de in deception. Speak against the spirit of carousement and drowsiness in the spirit. Because there are some of our brethren who have become drunk with the wine of the world through their some of them just just got drunk because they they saw a reason to go into the world to do business and by so doing they, they drank from the tables of men and now they're drunk with the wine of deception they are completely delusional about the things of god we are not to judge them to condemn them to criticize them we are to pray for them to intercede the bible lets us know one of the very first times in history that jesus empowered his disciples he said to them one thing he said, I am giving you the authority and the power to do what? To cast out devils and to heal the sick. We don't want to cast out devils, but we want to heal the sick. And that is the reason why we're subscribing to all kinds of psychological wins and strategies, which are not the weapons of our warfare. 
Those are not the weapons that are mighty through God. Prayer is that weapon that is mighty through God. Believing God for other people. Faith is another weapon. Speaking the word of God to the situation, not at the people, are the weapons of our warfare. And so what do we do, folks? Let us pray more. The reason why it is important for us to pray for the people that the Bible lets us know we need to protect. It says, no, flesh and blood, they are not the ones. Spiritual wickedness and high places, they are the ones. The reason why we protect flesh and blood is because they were the ones that Jesus died for that have been taken advantage of by the devil. And the reason also why we pray for them is because Jesus prayed for them. Jesus said to Peter, he says, Satan has asked to sift you as wind. He said, but I have prayed for you. Do you know the reason why it was important for Jesus to pray for Peter? Because Jesus knew that Peter was going to be by his side at the times that are very critical and the actions of Peter become very critical to the salvation of the world. Remember when Jesus was being arrested, Peter drew his sword and he chopped off the ear of somebody. Who knows if Jesus had not prayed for him? Maybe he would have cut the guy's head off completely and aggravated more of the opposition unduly. See, at the end of the day, we pray for people, not just because we love them. Ultimately, we should pray for them because we love them and God loves them. We pray for them because it is also part of our battle strategy. If the enemy is possessing my brothers and sisters and is possessing, possessing my fellow soldiers in the army of God, he can turn them against me. And the last thing I want is to have an enemy behind me who can shoot me from behind. Many people have left the ministry because of backbiting, because of the fact that their brothers or sisters in the church attacked them from behind. I heard a man of God say this many years ago. It is funny. I don't know how true it is, but it is very funny. He said, when you look at the whole armor of God, there was nothing, there's nothing listed there to protect the back of the believer. He's talking about the helmet, the breastplate, the sword, everything is pointing forward. He said, but the back is exposed. And that is the reason why your brothers can hurt you more. You look at the book of Zechariah chapter 13. And when the man of God was being asked where he sustained his injuries from, where did you get the holes in your hands? Where did you get this injury of crucifixion? He said, I got it from the house of my friends. You know, and it's so true. For a man's enemies are those of his household. You look at it very closely, very critically, guys, and you see exactly how the devil has been effective in the life of the body of Christ by using us against one another. Folks, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So the way we prepare for what is coming is to first of all recognize who is coming against us. We need to recognize what we are up against, the real enemy, so that we are not fighting by beating the wind. Paul says, I do not run casually, neither do I fight as one that is punching the air. Because if we are punching at our brothers and sisters, it's like punching the air. It is not as effective as when we turn our artillery and our strength that is God-given against the enemy that is God-labeled. God has labeled to us the enemy so that we are without excuse. Well, as it is our custom, we like to keep the broadcast to an hour so that you are not so that we are not overwhelmed because it, you know it's something to listen and just sit there and listen for a straight hour but then at the end of the day we know that it's not um, about to be the last day on earth for the body of christ so i believe very strongly that we will get yet another opportunity by the grace of god to continue on this subject but until we come together again on this broadcast or in person you can continue this conversation with the holy spirit 
open the book of Ephesians and put your hands on your Bible and pray and say, dear Holy Spirit, the letter kills, but you give life. Breathe life over me. Let me see what you see. Let me see what you inspired in the hearts of those who write, who wrote the scriptures. Holy Spirit, let me understand what is the heart of the Father concerning the word of the Father and the world that I live in. And I believe very strongly that he will open your eyes to see great and mighty things that you do not know. My confidence is this. I did the same for many years. I will open my Bible and I will pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show me great and mighty things which I did not know. And he has been gracious to me. He's opened my eyes to see the things that I share with you. So you do the same. And who knows, you might be the teacher that God is raising in your house and in your neighborhood to shed the light of God's word upon hearts that are thirsty and questing around you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it has been a blessing to you. For more information, visit us at www.communion.house and follow us on all social media platforms at Communion House. Again, that's www.communion.house and all social media platforms at Communion House. Thank you and God bless.